Good Week was our annual prayer and fast week. We've said now a lot about it. And uh, Donya asked the question, did you enjoy your week? And I was like, ah, it's, it's a good week. And uh, I know it's good, but I have like these mixed feelings about it. And I'm really thankful for it every year. Uh, really consecrating ourselves to God and doing it together with family. And we have powerful prayer moments. We had two in the morning here in this hall, and then Thursday and Friday night, just an awesome time of just worshiping God. Did you guys enjoy it? I hope we didn't lose someone last week. Uh, I hope everyone has made it back. Um, that's how I felt, Neil, so now it sounds funny. But, um, you know, I'm really thankful for how just to connect, connect with God. And what I've trusted for all things, but one specific thing is that I really trusted God for just a fresh love for His Word and connecting with Him. And it's so easy to get into your Bible, and then as soon as you start reading, you're like five verses in, and you're like, oh, I need to do this today. I need to do that. And you almost like get familiar with the Word. And okay, that's good. Cool. Let's, let's get on with our day. And that's really what I trust with God, just to, to come and break that habit, bad habit of mine of, of not um, connecting with Him. Um, so I'm really thankful for really being able to spend time um, in the Word of God, uh, replacing all my lunches and breakfasts and dinners and, and snacks and coffees with, with uh, reading and getting into the Word of God. And last week we started a new sermon series. Uh, Donnie kicked it off for us. Uh, it's called Miracle, Let Him Be Known. And and that's the theme for the sermon series, but that's really our theme for this whole year is that as we look at the miracles of what Jesus did throughout this whole Bible, something about God and something about Jesus was revealed every time. And uh, we are zooming into that every week. So last week, Donnie uh, reviewed like the, or preached from the first miracle of turning water into wine. And um, before we go into uh, this week's topic, I have a quick question when it comes to food. Okay, there's going to be some fasting and food metaphors tonight warning um, and my question is what is your favorite form of a meal if you think of a meal what what type of meal do you like who likes like home-cooked meals yes just like a home-cooked meal uh, let's go for who likes like microwave ready like got all of the convenience you just pop it into the microwave and then you are ready okay anyone uh, yes, convenience. Okay, I see. Awesome. Okay, the next one is who likes <coughs> takeaways? Takeaways, yes. It's, a, it's the variety you get, right? Takeaways, it's not because we're lazy or didn't plan well. Um, or who likes healthy meals? Like vit okay, depends. Vitality meals? Um, Vitality meals, I see Melinda. <laughs> Needs to buy all the right things to get a healthy meal. Okay, so who wants to guess my favorite meal form? Okay, there's a specific form. It's not really a specific food, but a form of a meal. And yes, you guys are so close. But my favorite form of a meal is a buffet. <laughs> okay. Okay, so all you can eat buffet is my favorite thing in this whole world. And I did not meditate on this last week. Uh, 
I didn't. Only once. Um, <clears throat> but when you get to the buffet, they have like the certain rules. It depends on the different shops. Either you can eat as much as you can of these colored plates. Um, you know what I'm talking about, sushi. Or you can eat one plate, but you can load it once. And then you load it in different levels, and then my engineering degree kicked in. <laughs> like, or, or the other one, like, you can eat everything. This is a general rule, but you can't take takeaways. That sucks. And then... And then, then the next day, you, you're like, yes, I should have eaten more because you're like having a craving for that one thing. Yes? Yes. So that is what Jesus did. He did a miracle where you can eat as much as you like and get takeaways. That is amazing. Like that's only Jesus that could get that right. Um, so we're looking at the miracle this day, today of how Jesus fed a lot of people, a buffet, uh, with five bread and two fishes. Okay, there was a buffet and takeaways. Okay, so that is recorded in John 6, 1 to 15. So you can uh, go to that uh, place in your Bibles or in your apps. It's also going to be on the screen. And we're going to read this together. Now, we are skipping a few uh, miracles that is recorded. We can't stop at everyone. Even John couldn't. He said, like, there's too many, too much to record. So he's just highlighting some. So that's what we're also doing, just following John's example. Um, so we're going to read together from John 6, verse 1 to 15. Okay. <clears throat> After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, said, uh, toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, then uh, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. 
Let's pray together. Just thank you, Jesus, for this miracle. I just fed the multiples, God, and we can see this miracle and we see you in it. Lord, I pray that this, the preaching tonight, the sermon, the word, Lord, that you would bless me, God, and we just thank you that we know that you satisfy. Thank you um, that we know that you are here and may this just be a blessing to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to give a, a quick context, just background to what is happening here. So Jesus is feeding 5,000 men, as it is recorded, and, and, and scholars say it's actually like 20,000 people. Okay, so that's, that's a big uh, job to cater for all of them. And this is the only miracle that is mentioned in all four Gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the only miracle that's in all four of them. Uh, that's significant. And then it's the Sea of Galilee, like that is the sea. And then they are meeting at the eastern side of this Sea of Galilee. And it's really like a, a lake. Um, fun fact, it's the second lowest lake on the whole earth. It's the lowest freshwater lake. And then they're on this western side, western side. Sorry, I lied. Just it's the western side. You need to remember my geometry. It's on the western side. Western side for you, western side for me. Um, it's on the western side, so it's like a desolate place. Not a lot of things happening, and it's still a lifted area. So Jesus is standing, standing on this mountain, and he's like ministering to his people. He's preaching to them, and then he's also serving them. So just my title for tonight is that Jesus satisfies the hungry. Jesus satisfies the hungry. So first off, in verse 5, we see that it says there that lifting up his eyes then and seeing the large crowd that come in toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said Jesus was ministering them and he saw the crowd. The crowds were coming. Uh, walking towards him, they had seen the miracles, and now there's this massive crowd that's following. And where the disciples were just like seeing people, and maybe like admin, and like a lot of people, and to manage, Jesus saw the hungry. He saw their need. He saw the the issue, the problem. Now, traveling some of them for a while, maybe it's been three days, and maybe it's that time. So some of them are at the point of fasting. And they, they're really, uh, so, like, you go hungry, and it's this problem that there's no, they're not close to them, they don't have money, they are in need. There's a problem at hand, they are hungry. And Jesus sees the hungry, it's not just the hungry, but it's the problem. And we all have a problem, a issue, a challenge, a barrier, a expectation that we are trusting God for is this, this challenges we face and it's not like God is uh, just like looking the other way we see that God is actually the one that looks to us towards us he is here he's in your life he's in your room he's in your house seeing you where you are at for me that was a comfort during fasting week knowing that Jesus was with me saying I see you I see your hunger now hunger is not the biggest issue in my life during this week it was, but generally, there's, there's things that we are trusting for, like family breakthrough, but God sees it, and he sees it, and he's asking this question, where are to buy food that these people may eat? Jesus, he sees 
people are hungry and in seeing you today and seeing what you are going through. Secondly, Jesus tests our hearts. He is testing our hearts. In, in verse 5, we see that of their crowds, um, in verse 5, it says, they're not lifting up his eyes then, and seeing large crowds of people then, he said to Philip, in, his, in verse 6, he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. So, and in verse 7, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. So Jesus is testing Philip here. So Philip is one of the disciples, but there's this testing moment. So what is Philip's first response? He is he's starting to count. Like he's like, if I save this amount of money, okay, so 200 denarii, that's eight months of wages. And then even that, Eight months, now I've, I've saved eight months. That isn't even enough for, for everyone to even get a little. It's not enough. So Philip responds to Jesus saying, there's no way that, that we can do this. They don't even have 200 dollars. So the calculation is doesn't even make sense. Uh, they don't have the resources available to feed, to, to do what Jesus is calling them to do. So Philip is unable, but this is a test. Um, now, I believe the reason why Jesus asks Philip specifically is because Philip uh, is actually from a city close by, Bethsaida. That's where Philip came from. So he probably knows the shops. He knows where their melon is and he knows where the bakers are. So he, he had a, probably the, the best idea of how to go around, but he saw with his calculations it wasn't possible. And I believe the reason why Jesus many times tests us, it's not he's testing us to fail us. Like I many times felt when I was writing exam, that last question, not like calculus or something, dynamics, the last question is really there to fail you. Like they just want to like lift the standard of the, it, I don't know, but they want to fail you. It's almost like he's testing you to fail you. That's what I just felt the lecture, it's just me. Um, but I don't believe Jesus is doing that. And what I really felt like what Jesus is doing here is, why do we write tests? Why do we go through tests? It is not, we don't go through tests to fail. He's going, he's testing us to train us. And what you are going through and what you are going through, it is not there so that you can fail. Maybe that's something you've believed, like a conviction, like, I don't know. But what I'm just sensing is God is testing you to train you. There's something big in the future that you're going to need to be ready for. And there was some big things that the disciples had to start trusting for. And just feed for 5,000 men. He is testing our hearts. And the, the priority where we really, the focus here is where do we go first? Do we start with our calculations like Philip did? Do we make the sums if I do this and that, if I do this? Or what is our first response? So first response, the fear and our inadequacies and our shortcomings, or is our first response faith in God? Because if our first response in faith in God is, God, I see you are trying to do something impossible here, but I trust you. What do you want to do, and how do you want to do this in this moment? And we ask God that he will be, his will be done. Then we ask, then we, then we go with faith, and then we do our calculations, but it's from a place of having faith in God. 
we test our heart, second point. And then thirdly, God uses the humble. There's this beautiful thing about the story that every time I read it, it's just highlighting me that in verse 9, there is a boy here, so Andrew brought him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. What are they? What are they for so many? <laughs> Andrew asked me that question. But just the beautiful thing about this is that there's this, it's like a boy. Like, it's not like one of the disciples that came now. It's like a boy. It's like a child. From this child, his lunchbox that his mom packed faithfully for him to be okay. He's bringing it to Jesus. Jesus, this is what I have. And what we also see is that the use of barley loaves. So barley was actually like a, a, a cheaper version of loaves in that time. So it wasn't like the, the really um, grain uh, loaves. It was the more poor man's kind of bread. Jesus uses the humble. But then also in all of these, in all gospels, four times, every disciple mentioned the, this miracle. This boy's name was not mentioned. Jesus, he uses the humble. It wasn't a lot. Maybe you're tonight and, and, and you don't have a lot. You don't have a lot of faith, you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of resources, a lot of expectation, but, but God, he uses the humble. See, this is this desolate area, this desolate place. It's not like this fountain of water and everything, and now God uses all these resources together to do something. In this desolate area, God can do a miracle in any anywhere. Like He does not need the riches, but He needs us to come humbly to Him and say, "God, here I am. Use me." God uses the humble. The beautiful thing about the story is how Jesus, the, the bread and the fish went to Jesus' hands and then Jesus started to break the bread, break the fishes, start distributing it, involving people. And then just the question that I'm just asking in, in reflection of this is, are you, are you available to be used by Jesus? Are you availing yourself? Whether that is in your life, in your home, in church, in, in society, are you availing yourself to be used by Jesus? And then lastly, in verse 14, we see just a response, like everyone got food. They were full. They were satisfied. They were, uh, there was enough for everyone. This miraculous corporate miracle, 20,000 people were fed buffet, and then Jesus, uh, Jesus sent the disciples around. They collected them, 12 baskets full, still left. That is the takeaway. Uh, which everyone came back and people started to realize and it's just this corporate uh, revelation what happened now what just happened here i'm not sure if you have ever catered for 20,000 people like i'm not sure how big your wedding was um <laughs> i don't like it's a it's miraculous and and it's not just a miracle that you are as a couple are trusting to feed everyone. It's like everyone started to realize everyone ate. So from that place, 20,000 people testified something happened in this desolate area that only God can do. And the beautiful response here, this is what's happening in verse four, 14. 
when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. See, the purpose of miracles is for him to be known. This is indeed the one. Different translations speak about this is truly the prophet. And that's indeed or truly from the Greek word aletheia, it's truth. This is this truth that this is the prophet. Now, Jesus has been named a prophet earlier in the chapter. But that was more in a general sense like Isaiah and John the Baptist. Are you like a prophet like him? But what they are saying here is very significant. The saying is, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. And there's, there was a prophecy uh, that Moses prophet, prophesied in Deuteronomy 18. just want to read that for us so it's not on the board. Verse 15, the Lord your God will raise up to you a prophet like me from among you. From your brothers, it is to him you shall listen. Verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words among the brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him see that they started to recount something that have been written in their generation stories that has been spoken of that this is the prophet that our forefathers have spoken about this is the prophet and then the significance about this being in this wilderness area also almost like take them back to when god provided another kind of bread also in a wilderness where when moses led the israelites out into the wilderness and god started to provide manner for them to eat and this is like a, a metaphor that was the foresight where, where again God provides food for the, the masses in the wilderness but this time again it is not the bread that is significant that was served it is Jesus that came down that is significant you see the last one is that Jesus he receives the honor because he is the king now thing is that the hunger was satisfied the problem was solved but something more happened in the hearts of the people something switched there was a conviction as an understanding that this is the messiah this is the prophet this is jesus which our fathers spoke about and they responded and that is why they they the need was solved the hunger need but their need for a savior was resolved they acknowledged him to be Jesus, who he said he is. See, Jesus, he satisfies the hunger. And what I realized uh, just from reading this and just from this fasting week is, if you are filling yourself up, then you are full. You don't have space for anything else, like a buffet. If you are just full, and I think a lot of us, we, we fill ourselves with the things of this world ourselves with social media um, acceptance from our friends and family and, and our sport and our work and finances we are filling ourselves and, and almost eating of the things and 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 that gives us this the satisfaction but it we are never really satisfied we are full but not satisfied and that's why the title says that jesus he satisfies the hungry are you hungry for Jesus? Do you have space? Do you have space for him in your life? Do you, hungry or do you hunger for him? 
I want us to just close our eyes if we just respond to this. Jesus, you satisfy the hungry. Thank you, Jesus, that you satisfy the hungry. And that just from this passage, God, we see that this is a sign and that you have been glorified in this is the properties to come and that you have come. want to agree with that statement that people say that truly you are the one that satisfies the other things in my life that are satisfied that has uh, that I try to satisfy me it has not worked it is not a true satisfier Jesus you are the only satisfier that satisfies me that your word it is you Jesus, he sees your need, he sees the hungry, he sees the hungry, he sees the problem. But he also tests us, he tests our hearts. Where's your heart at? Is your heart at the things of the world or is it for Jesus? Is it for me? I'm calling you, come to me. And what a privilege that we see that he uses the humble. And that we see how Jesus, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. He did not proclaim himself king and became this political king over, over the Jews. No, he wanted to be the king over your heart. And that's why he had to go to that cross. That's why he had to go through the pain, the suffering of his, his body being broken and pierced, like bread being broken up. And his blood flowed so that we can be purified. Jesus, he gave his everything for you to be satisfied. And how do we respond? We respond by saying, Jesus, you gave your everything. I need nothing else but you, Jesus. And if you're here tonight, firstly, and you're saying, yes, I've been filling myself with the wrong things, the things of this world, and, and I've been trying to eat of it and satisfy myself, but I'm not satisfied. And you say, I've didn't leave any space for Jesus. If that is you, and you recognize the area in your life, you just want to acknowledge saying, Jesus, I'm sorry. I want to confess this area, this thing, this relationship, the social media accounts I can't stop following or go back to. Just by a raise of hand, just submitting yourself. You can like, a, you can, like raise both hands saying, Jesus, I'm sorry. I surrender. I confess. This idol, this thing that I've been depending on. Says Jesus, you see every heart, every hand. Say, Jesus, we worship you. We are sorry. Say sorry for that specific thing. Say, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry that food was the main thing. Sorry that social media was the main thing. I'm sorry that those things have taken space. And Holy Spirit, I invite you now to come and minister to everyone that's with their hands raised. Come and remove the dependence on those things. Come and remove the addictions that was 
connected to these things, the bondage, the, the linkages, the, the, the normal of these things. Oh, Holy Spirit, I come and ask you to come and remove it in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just come and do your work. Only that, but it's only you can do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are satisfied. here tonight and you can drop your hands. You are here tonight in the same. I, up till this point, I didn't want to even know of Jesus. Just sensing a, just like a, almost like a rebellion, like a, a hurt maybe even, keeping Jesus away. Just, just want, you just don't want to go there of allowing Jesus into your life, surrendering your life to Him. If that is you and you're saying, I want to tonight, I want to I want to confess and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. I don't know how that looks yet practically, but tonight I'm responding saying, Jesus, help me to know that you are the one that satisfies me. If that is you, would you raise your hand? Father, I thank you that you see every hand in this room. I thank you that Jesus looking to you is with you, sees you, sees your heart and says, I see my son and my daughter. I see you. I see you, my son and my daughter. Father, I pray that you would now just come and confirm what you are saying over them, reveal to them where their heart is at. after me. I'm just going to invite everyone to pray that together just, just so that we can in faith pray that together. Yes, Father. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus into this world to die for our sins. And tonight I'm making the decision to letting go of my old life and following you thank you that because I'm following you I can get to know you 